The way we consume and share news today, it is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, the last uh, real day of this long extended holiday. <laughs> ah, no. That was short. That was really short. It's funny because leading up to we thought, ooh, a six-day weekend, That's that sounds wonderful. Yeah. And then it's over before you know it. <laughs> well, we still have a full day ahead. That's true. That's the good thing about having a morning radio show, right, for you. That's right. <laughs> and it's going to be a cool, breezy day, so I yeah. love it. Okay, Yerick, let's jump into our first uh, sure. buzzword of the day. So the Asian Games is still happening. Uh, South Korea trailing in second place as far as a medal tally is concerned. Now, unfortunately, yesterday... Oh, man, uh, I don't even know what to label this slip up. A most unfortunate incident where a, kind of a pre-celebration cost one team their gold medal. That's right. You know, time and time again, uh, we are reminded that in sports, it's not really over until it's really over. Ugh. And, uh, you know, in that respect, South Korean roller skater, um, uh, he committed a cardinal sin, I guess, of mm. sports. Uh, he celebrated too early mm. and uh, his mistake ended up costing the South Korean team an Asian Games gold medal. Now, Chong uh, Choron was the anchor for his three-man team in the men's 3,000-meter relay final. And he thought he had beaten... Uh, Huang Yulin from Taiwan. And so what happened was uh, towards the end of the finish line, he sort of stopped racing mm -hmm. and uh, he raised his arms to celebrate. And right then, the Taiwanese skater, he sort of lunged forward with his leg across the line first. And he ended up winning by one hundredth of a second. Oh, I can't even imagine what it's like to be these athletes. OK, so I have no doubt that it's a moment that he'll be playing in his mind over and over again in the days and years to come. Now, it's a valuable lesson, but a really costly one at that. Yeah, you know what, Chung, he, uh, his expression, I mean, it, it hurts me to just think <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah, it hurts us. <laughs> right? Um, he told the press after the medal ceremony mm. that he had made a big mistake, uh, that he didn't come at full speed to the finish line, that he left his guard down too early, and that he was very sorry. And he apologized to his teammates and to all the fans uh, that supported the team. And he talked about how everyone worked so hard together for mm -hmm. this and uh, that it was all his fault. And uh, none of them looked happy standing on the podium receiving their medals. It was a stark contrast to the female uh, South Korean team who, again, they won silver as well. But they looked they were all smiles. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a moment that we won't forget. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, I mean, of course, it is about competing at the highest level yeah. and winning the medal. But this gold medal is even more valuable for some of these young athletes. Yeah, you know, male uh, South Korean athletes that win a gold medal, they're given a number of incentives, uh, including exemption from military service. Mm. I mean, all able-bodied South Korean men have to serve, right? But uh, this still has to hurt. Okay. On the other hand, one athlete came so close to finish second, but won gold. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Taiwanese roller skater, Huang Yulin. You know, he said that it was a miracle that he won. <laughs> he said that his coach had drummed it into him that you never give up 
until the very end. Um, he realized the South Korean team were celebrating, but uh, he said that he wanted to show them that while they were celebrating, mm. he was still fighting. And uh, he said he wasn't even sure whether he had crossed the finish line in time. In fact, he even thought that it was such a shame that he was just a little bit short. Mm. And then the results came up on the screen and he realized he had won by one hundredth of a second. Okay, um, it hurts for one team. Yeah. It, it's a miracle for the other. That's how the story goes. You're right. This mm-hmm. is gonna gonna go down in history books. Yeah. And I just I just feel the pain for these South Korean athletes. Oh boy. Oh man, stop giving them such a hard time. I saw the comment section. It's so yeah, mean. Um, They're so mean. I mean, there's nobody in the world who feels worse than you know the athlete himself. So exactly. I think we should give him a break. Give him a break. It yeah. happens. It happens. All right. Yes. Let's move on to our second buzzword of the day. Now, when it comes to uh, these schools and rural areas, the big question is, how do you stay in operation? We're even talking about elementary, middle and high schools in the city of Seoul, this dense, crowded city of Seoul facing potential closure. So how do these rural schools stay relevant include nature? Yeah. So this one school in Kangwado, uh, it's been around since 1908. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's what, 115, it has 115 years of history, uh, long traditions. However, by 2009, the enrollment had gone down to just 29 students. Mm. Now, according to the Ministry of Education guidelines, schools with fewer than 30 students are expected to shut down within five years. And uh, that seemed to be the fate for this one school, Yangdo, Chudunghakyo, uh, Yangdo Elementary School. Um, the school had once thrived with over 700 students. But uh, again, a decrease in school age population was inevitable because of low birth rates mm. and a rising trend of rural to urban migration. Mm. And the school nearly closed its doors in 2011 when total enrollment dropped to just 23. Now, this downward trajectory sort of changed when uh, then principal Isogin came into office. This was back in 2010. And he recognized the unique charm and the untapped potential of rural schools, especially his school. So he envisioned this educational program that sort of invited children to immerse themselves mm. in the natural environment of Kangwado Island. And it was this initiative that, um, you know, saved the school basically uh-huh. at the end of the day. The school's aim is so beautiful uh, to help students discover true happiness and value through firsthand experiences. Can you tell us a little bit more about this nature-focused school? Yes. So this uh, the program that this principal in the school introduced, it was dubbed Nature School. Mm. And uh, it opened its doors not only to uh, the students uh, of the school, but also to those from, you know, students from other schools around the area and also students from urban schools as well, as far as Seoul, Incheon, the more metropolitan areas. And, you know, students that applied would spend about a week Per season, mm. uh, they experience the beauty and all the natural resources of Kangwado Island, including the vast mud flats. It's just a huge playground for these <laughs> kids, right? <laughs> and the activities range from fishing, uh, planting rice, kimchi making, drying persimmons, you know, just playing in the forest, observing 
watching birds, migratory birds, mm. and walking along the island's scenic trails, things like that. You know, I've seen parents, some extraordinary parents, sending their kids abroad for just this nature school experiences. Yeah. It's better if it's close to home, quite literally. Now, parents must have noticed changes in their children, some positive ones. Yeah. You know, especially the children from the city areas, they're used to spending most of their after school hours in Hagwons, right? Academies. So they definitely, they definitely noticed the changes in their children. They became livelier, you know? They just had that energy about them they didn't notice before in their kids. So some of these parents, they decided to transfer their kids altogether. They moved to the Kangado Island wow. to send their kids to this school, you know? And uh, yeah, students from, you know, Seoul, Incheon, the Gyeonggi areas have consistently applied for this program and uh, the student count, the student body count mm. from just 23 in 2011 rose to 72 in 2021 within a decade and the number of students at the school currently remains stable. It's funny because we've urbanized for decades oh. and there's a cost to it and parents are realizing, okay, my child is happier in this environment and that's a beautiful thing. Check. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, living in the countryside obviously comes with its own set of challenges. Like, you know, parents say they've completely given up on delivery food, for example. <laughs> you know, most problems in the city can be solved with you know one click of their smartphone yep. so things are inconvenient but uh, they've come to appreciate the small things in life like they say and uh, it's made everybody that much happier okay it comes at a cost because nothing is free but it's worth it is what some of these parents are that's saying right. that's how one school in Kangwado survived mm -hmm. <laughs> all right uh, let's get to this final story of the day Kangwado province has introduced emergency vehicle priority system for a quick and efficient response what kind of system does this entail? So, you know, as we all know, in emergencies, literally every second counts, right? Um, so last month in Paju, in Kangido province, a demonstration took place. Uh, it showcased uh, this novel regional emergency vehicle priority traffic signal system. And Kangido province is the first in all of Korea to adopt this system. Mm -hmm. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about this demonstration? Yeah. What's different? Because we already have sirens in place. Does it, right. you know, maybe double down on, does it have different kinds of siren? So what stands out about this demonstration was the absence of delays for okay. both the fire truck and ambulance, like emergency vehicles, and traffic signals. Uh, this is thanks to um, participation from the Kyungido Traffic Information Center. So the center analyzed real-time traffic signal information and ambulance location data. And uh, this resulted in timely priority signals uh, issued by both Paju City and Guiyang City. So this coordination from both parties allowed the emergency vehicles to pass through at the traffic lights to reach their destinations in time and uninterrupted. So these so-called priority signal systems exist in various localities here. Yeah. What's different about this uh, pilot case? Yes. So, um, you know, if one vehicle, for example, say is passing from one specific jurisdiction to another, they can cause challenges, right? 
the emergency vehicle transitions between different areas. This happens a lot. Right. But, uh, you know, when different, uh, you know, jurisdictions, they cooperate, okay. cooperate to, you know, to make this happen, then, you know, it, it becomes less of a problem. It becomes, uh, you know, much more efficient for these em- emergency vehicles to pass from one region, city mm. to another without Smooth being transition yes. without interruptions. Yeah. Uh, how much travel time is estimated to be cut down by this brand new system? Good question. Um, the most important question, actually. Uh, it cuts down travel time by up to 50%, giving priority to these emergency vehicles. Up to 50%. That's amazing. Okay. If we can have this system up and running, maybe yeah. in many, many different jurisdictions, it, it might be even more effective. And uh, that's the plan. They plan to uh, expand the system to uh, more cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, they explain they plan to expand it to five more cities in okay. Anyang, Kunpo, Kwangmyeong, Uiwang, and Kwacheon by the end of this year. Okay. Thank you very much, Erica, for today's coverage. Have a good Bye. one. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.